What's up, beautiful people? It's your boy Antoine TV2 back out here with another episode for y'all today. Hope everybody's having a great day today. Hope everybody, you know, got a little bit of work in, you feel me, and just enjoyed themselves today. So this past weekend was Elimination Chamber in Perth, and I definitely got to say Elimination Chamber was fire. It was a little bit predictable, not going to lie, but it was still fire overall. The atmosphere from the Australian crowd was lit. They loved it. I loved it, even though it was goddamn 5 in the morning. But either way, I wrote it out. I was a little bit tired during the end of it, but um, I enjoyed myself. I 100% enjoyed myself, and I hope we don't have to do this again. Stay up to like 5 in the morning for a pay-per-view, but it's WWE, so... Shoot, they're going to hit us with anything and everything. And it might be, shoot, it might be like three, four, five, six in the morning for another pay-per-view. We don't know. But all I know is that I hope they don't do that again because that's, that's crazy. But obviously, we know that when it comes to overseas-type wrestling fans, especially WWE, they do that constantly. So, you know, obviously, we, we can do one here or there. But... um but usually, overall, it's, it's Elimination Chamber, man. It was in Perth, Australia. Australia. Crazy. Like I said, crazy atmosphere, crazy people, crazy fans. And, like, either way, I loved it. So, this week, I'm just talking about what happened at the Elimination Chamber, um, all the matches, what I liked, what I didn't like, you know, and just if the matches were all predictable or not predictable. But either way... You know, without wasting too much time, I'm going to everybody sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, and go grab somewhere comfortable to sit, and let's get right into today's episode. But, but before I really go into today's episode, so the first thing I do want to talk like talk about real quick is um, there was supposed to be one more person from Australia on the card, but due to a lot of stuff that happened... He couldn't, so a.k.a. Bronson Reed, he is also Australian native as well, too. But he was on the card for two reasons, because one, the day of the pay-per-view, you know, his his wife had a baby. So congratulations, man. You're a father. Hope you enjoy fatherhood. I know you're a happy person, man. And it sucks that he wasn't part of it, but, hey, duty calls somewhere else, so you can't really blame him. And two, because of Seth Rollins' injury, um, Bronson Reed and Seth Rollins were supposed to have a match for the World Heavyweight title in Perth. But like I said, because of his knee injury, because he, since after he faced um, Jinder Mahal, that, you know, they kind of ruled out the entire storyline between Bronson Reed and, um, and Seth freaking Rollins, which sucks. Which sucks because I feel like he would do great in a World Heavyweight title match. Like, you know, I feel like he definitely deserves a match with a world championship at one point, at some point in time. It sucks that it wasn't Perth, but I feel like he'll get it soon enough. But, you know, it's WWE, so time will tell. Time will tell with this man. But now, after talking about that, now let's get right into today's episode. So, the first match I do want to talk about is the kickoff match. It was... The Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Zane, defending the women's tag team titles against another uh, Australia-owned, or I should I should say Australian native herself, uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, the reunited way. Um, this match was nice. For, for the kickoff match, it was really good. It delivered in a lot of spots. Um, I definitely got to say... Especially with um, Indy Hartwell competing in her home country, she was—you could tell that she was very excited. She was very, you know, pumped up to be there. Especially like wrestling in front of, um, you know, incredible atmosphere of Perth, uh, Australia. And even though the entire match, Kabuki Warriors was dominating. I'm not gonna lie. And Candice Ray did like she she was struggling a lot. But soon as she tagged in Indy Hartwell, Indy Hartwell was all was all gassed and no stop. It's like she was going in crazy and you know doing what she usually do, like the powerhouse of the um of that tag team, right? And 
for what it was, it was really nice. I really did like it. Um, I did enjoy the tag team, the, the good kickoff match before, you know, the matches to come. Um, I definitely say uh, Asuka and Kairi Zane um, was stuck with, you know, their apparent uh, game plan of trying to isolate, like, uh, in, uh, Indy Hartwell uh, from LeRae, or say LeRae from Indy Hartwell, because Indy Hartwell was just on fire, especially the crowd being behind her, because it's, you know, when it's, when it's you know, their favorites are from their home country, you know that the crowd going to go lit, you know they're going to be crazy, and they're going to be hyped. So I did enjoy that. Um, but after that, she, she, she was literally, she was literally stacking the opponents on top of each other. Um, she literally, she literally almost pinned both, um, both Kyrie and Oscar to get the titles. I was like, okay, I see you, Indy. I'm like, we could get this on a pay-per-view, but we can't get this on Monday Night Raw. Like, what's going on, Indy? Come on now. (laughs) But either way, um... Just with a little bit of distraction, a little bit of the hype that Indy Hartwell was blindsided about, uh, from, Kabuki Warriors did um, use that to their advantage and did knock off um, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae with, uh, after, uh, Kabu- after Carrie Zane hit um, the assisted instant elbow to LeRae. Um, and even though they did lose, they didn't win a tag team gold. Which we'll see them win tag team gold at one point. Um, you can tell that the Australian crowd did love her. They did love Indy. They did love Candice LeRae, but mostly Indy. Um, and despite her losing, despite her getting an L, like she will regroup, a hey, fight another day. And you know she just looked good out there. She looked good, and like I said, everybody did love her. So. You know, with that being said, Indy, you know, I feel like they'll push Indy against at some point in time. Who knows? Um, if she does win a title in front of her home country, that would be fire. It just, it, it was probably like not last weekend, but for what it was, it was still a good match. Still a great kickoff match to, you know, to get everybody hype. And to, you know, to get everybody happy for the, you know, for the Elimination Chamber matches and the other matches that we had on the card. But either way, congratulations to Kabuki Warriors, Kairi Zane, and Asuka for defeating, you know, Indy Hartwilt and Candice LeRae. Even though I'm not really that much of a big fan of the Kabuki Warriors. I mean, I was when they first formed, but now it's like, eh, I could, I could care less about them. Like, honestly, they're kind of, you know... Not really something I really care about in my book when it comes to them, but either way, they um they did really well. They were they they definitely did really well. So the next match we have on the list to actually start the elimination chamber was the women's elimination chamber match, and we had um we definitely in this match we had Becky Lynch versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Bianca Belair. Versus Liv Morgan versus Naomi and Tiffany Stratton, and I could definitely say this match was fire. Everybody did their thing in this match, especially the the how like the surprising end and how Becky Lynch did uh, win the the women's elimination chamber to uh, face uh, Rhea Ripley at uh, WrestleMania this year. I would definitely say. Like, I really love the match. I'm not really a fan of the winner. As much as Silasfy Becky Lynch is, just from her accolades and how she is in the ring, I'm kind of tired of her always getting title shots. kind of similar to Charlotte Flair. The only difference is Charlotte Flair is a little bit more entertaining than Becky Lynch. I'm just telling the truth. I feel like Becky Lynch kind of peaked for me in, like, 2022. Yes, I said it. She peaked for me in 2022. And... I would definitely say the man Becky Lynch is she's is a fan favorite to a lot of people, but um, it, it I don't know. It's for me for Becky Lynch to get another title shot. It's like I understand yes she can actually cut decent promos. It actually I would say decent. She can actually cut good promos and back it up with her wrestling. But me personally, like 
I did either want Bianca Belair or Liv to win. That was my, you know, initial thoughts for this for the first match of uh, Elimination Chamber. I would definitely say each woman did their thing in this, and I I also will say MVP of this match by far is Tiffany Stratton. As soon as her pod opened up, she went to town. She was literally going crazy on Naomi. She was going crazy on Liv. Well, probably not Liv. She was going crazy on on Becky. I mean, she, she was definitely just going crazy with all the spots and everything. I I really did like it. Um, I remember. I think one of the spots that I really liked is when uh is when Becky Lynch literally was doing the disarmor, but Tiffany Stratton's arm was outside the limit. The, you know the chamber, and I was like, oh god, I thought she was going to break her arm, like with her arm outside the you know, outside, like, the the, the, the chamber walls. It, it looked pretty good, bro. And then we had, like, a, I think one of the other moves was, like, a, a, a split leg drop from my, from um, Naomi to Becky Lynch. And after that, Tiffany, like, everybody was screaming, like, Tiffy time, Tiffy time. I'm like, yo, is, is Tiffany Stratus the fan favorite to win this? Like, let's let's just talk about this real quick. Tiffany Stratton has not even been on the main roster for that long. And she's already getting loved by a lot of people, a lot of fans, which is insane. And I will definitely say this. Tiffany Stratton is definitely a future Hall of Famer, you know, obviously when she has more time to develop and when it gets to that point. It's, oh, yeah, she's going to be hella, you know, she's going to be breaking some necks. I'm not going to lie when it comes to her, her wrestling skills, especially from that beautiful swanton and, all the moves that she does. Um, but uh, after a while, um, coming out in fourth position, Liv Morgan did come out. And she said she was going on her revenge tour to get to Rhea Ripley. Because like, like we all know, Liv Morgan was the last person to pin and beat Rhea Ripley in a match. So I understand why she said, hey, it's my revenge tour. I got to do what I got to do to get back to the top. And... She like Liv Morgan, just like Tiffany Stratton. Liv Morgan made immediately impact, and literally was just hurtling Tiffany Stratton to the pods. Just kept on throwing her ass in the pods. I was like, God damn, Liv! And I'm like, okay, like Liv going crazy. Like, and then um, there's like a sunset flip. I think I think um Naomi did a huge sunset flip power bomb to uh to Liv Morgan, and I was like. Yo, every I was like, every woman in this match is cooking. Legit cooking. But what sucks, though, after she did that, Tiffany Stratton literally came out of nowhere and pinned Naomi. And it sucked to see Naomi be the first one to go by Tiffany Stratton. But I know they're probably going to have some match set up between Tiffany and, and Naomi on Friday Night SmackDown this coming Friday. Um, and then right after that... Um, uh, Raquel Rodriguez came out out of nowhere, did come out of nowhere and did a, a was it powering literally Tiffany Stratton into a spinning power slam, which was, you know, she's Raquel Rodriguez is her for a reason. She's not him. She's her. That woman's huge and big and muscular as hell. And I know some people, you dirty minded people in there be like, oh, I like that person to do that to me. Dirty bastards. I'm just telling you right now. Um, and I know the last person to come out of their of her pod was the EST of WWE Bianca Belair. Um, and she was going, she she knocked down like Tiffany Stratton for a bit, you know, to tell, hey, I know you just got in here, but this is my time to shine, baby. Um, and then she did go toe-to-toe with uh Raquel Rodriguez. Um and after that, I know it was Liv Morgan and Tiffany Stratton literally going crazy with each other. And out of nowhere, Liv Morgan pinned Tiffany Stratton. And I was like, damn, how hot Tiffany Stratton was going in that pod. Or it's not in that pod, but in that um in the chamber match, everybody was pissed and booing Liv Morgan for pinning. And eliminating Tiffany Stratton. I was like, I was shocked as hell when that happened. I was like, well, Tiffy time over. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was being a little like low-key petty, 
but at the same time, this is like a different side of live we are seeing. And I know after, um, so yeah, I know uh, Naomi was first, and then um, Tiffany Stratton was next. Everybody was just going after Raquel Rodriguez. Everybody would be like, yo, let's get her the fuck out before, you know, she caused more damage to us. And after a while, uh, Bianca Belair um, literally did the mighty KOD and literally eliminating Raquel Rodriguez next. And then the top three women to technically win the Elimination Chamber, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, and Becky Lynch. And they were going crazy. They were going hella crazy in that um in that elimination chamber. And it was and how it happened, it was just like um Liv Morgan came out of nowhere and rolled up Bianca. And then right when Liv Morgan pinned Bianca, she turned around and Becky Link was waiting for that manhandle slam and pinned Liv Morgan. And Becky Lynch won the elimination chamber. Her first women's elimination chamber at that, I was like, damn. Damn, I was like, shit. I was like, I was I would at least see want to see Liv Morgan win something when it comes to big, you know, big time matches like the either the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber. I mean, she already won Money in the Bank, so she doesn't really need to do she doesn't really need to do Money in the Bank again. But I mean, I mean Becky Lynch did come out on top. You know, she said she wanted to face uh, Rhea Ripley anyway, and I was like, okay. Like, I, I liked, I loved the match overall, but the, the winner, I'm just not a fan of, man. I, I don't really like Becky Lynch getting this title top title opportunity, and literally cutting to Monday Night Raw. You know, when um, Rhea Ripley was basically stating, "Hey, I'm always on top. I'm always on top of the women's division." You know, I'm going to put everybody in check. Whoever comes, like, steps up to me, I'm going to set their ass down. And then Becky Lynch was basically saying, hey, I won the chamber. Now get to face your ass and literally prove to you why I'm still the best overall woman in WWE. And that's that's all this technically this match is, is who is the better woman? The current mommy of, you know, the women's world champion or, you know, the band Becky Lynch has been doing this for years. That's all that this match is. And me personally, I'm I'm not looking how I'm not I'm probably not gonna be a fan of this match. I know it's gonna be really good, but I know I'm not gonna be interested in like this robbery because it's just to see who is better. That is it. There is no type of story at all. And when I looked at Twitter and I saw this, everybody technically said the same thing. They said Becky it, but this match, Becky versus Rhea, is going to be a bunch of BS. It's not going to hit as well as we think a lot of people's going to think it's going to hit. Because Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley is the better match. Or either Bianca versus Rhea because they teased something with them two a long time ago. But definitely Liv versus Rhea Ripley is the better match. At better than, way better than Bianca, uh, not Bianca, way better than Becky versus Rhea. And I don't, I like, obviously, you know, WWE knows that, hey, don't listen, like, we can listen to the fans, but at the same time, that's not, because fans doesn't know what, what they want sometimes, which is understandable. And me personally, and just like everybody else that does agree with this, Liv is the better choice than Becky, and I'm going to say this till day one. I understand that she just came back and you're trying to build her back up again. Which we, which you can, which I have no problem with that. You can build back up Liv Morgan. Just take Becky out the t- equation. Becky does not need another title shot. Technically, she just had a title shot and won and lost at Halloween Havoc on NXT last year. She does not need a title shot. We can literally wait two, three, four, three years before she gets another title shot. I'm okay with her not getting another title shot for a, for a good minute. Because in my eyes, Becky going to drop the title in the next six months. I'm just telling the truth. Becky's going to drop the title in the next six months. And she's probably going to go heel. So I'm just letting y'all know. Like, do I, do I love the match? Yes. Do I like the winner? Hell no. Just telling the truth. But either way, congratulations for, Bia, uh, for Becky Lynch. 
into winning her first Elimination Chamber match. Even though I'm not a fan of the winner, but it is what it is. And um, let's see how WWE can try and cook with this because it's less than 40 days to WrestleMania. And they looking, you know, all the matches and all the storylines is looking pretty good. But I definitely want to see what the hell they're going to do with, you know, the whole storyline with Becky and Rhea Ripley. This is going to be curious to watch. Not going to lie. So the next match that we have is the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest defending the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions Championships against New Catch Republic, a.k.a. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Uh, first things first, I do not like that goddamn name. I don't. You could have called her, you could have called him the Bruiserweights, or, you know, just Tyler Pate and Pete Dunne, or, you know, some something that's not New Catch Republic. I can't get behind that name. I know some people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a fire name. Me, personally, I, I don't like the name. Even if they still won the titles, I, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't like the name. Oh, God, it's just, it's just dumb, in my opinion. Um, but surprisingly, I, I knew that this match would cook, but I didn't know the match was going to cook this good. Not going to lie. This this match was cooking. Because I know when it comes to Tyler Bay and Pete Dunne, they can do really good when it comes to single matches. Just gives them a lot of time, and they're going to do well. And they, I would say Pete Dunne, Tyler Bay, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest came out the gates hella hot with this match. Literally. And he, every time we had us a little surprised by, you know, Dirty Dominant Mysterio because it's Dom. It's whatever. And literally when everybody was booing the hell out of Dom, like they literally cut out the like, you know, it, it went to like a black screen immediately. So we all thought, yo, did, what happened to the to the pay-per-view? Did it like go dark or did the stadium go dark? No, come to find out on Twitter, I found out that the entire front row of fans literally put a, all their middle fingers up to Dom. So that's why the, the entire screen was blacked out for a couple of seconds. I was like, bro, imagine if this was TV 14, man. Just imagine if this was TV 14. Bro, it would be crazy if that happened. But it sucks we're in the PG era. You know, it, it is what it is. I mean, they need to get out the PG era, let's be honest, because, you know, the PG era has definitely ran its course, just telling the truth. Um, and I can definitely say, whew, I, I would I would, I would, definitely would have wanted to see Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne get some gold because it's been a minute since both Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate had some gold on them. The last time Tyler Bate had the gold, was when he became the well when he became the last NXT UK champion of all time, and the last time Pete Dunne won some gold was way 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 back in NXT, and it sucks that these two great you know wrestlers haven't had gold on them for a good amount of years. Well, Tyler Bate, you know, he hasn't had gold for like a year plus. But Pete Dunne hasn't had gold on him in forever. Forever. That sucks. Like, they could have done so much. And I mean so much with Pete Dunne. And it, it sucks that they had to wait that long. They're waiting this long to do something with this man. I would say this long, but more like to put gold on it. Like to put gold on him and strap him up to... You know, defend some some gold against some great competitors there, but that's dumb. It was it was stupid why they did that. This man, like, it, he, they don't need to wait that long to strap this man into some gold. I'm just saying. But either way, um, literally either way, it was it almost became like a handicap match. It was like borderline handicap match because it was just three on one because everybody was going at Tyler Bate, everybody. And obviously, with Tyler Bay, he showcased, you know, the big, strong boy. He's, he's short as hell, but big and strong and, you know, has those big, strong boy tendencies. Literally, he lifted his man. He lifted Priest onto his shoulders, literally doing the, you know, the famous airplane spin. I was like, damn, is this man going to ever stop spinning? Let's be honest. And 
<laughs> Literally, Pete Dunne almost had the match won with the bitter end. And I'll be like, ooh. I've been fire of these dudes, like, literally one off the, uh, like, after the bitter end. And obviously, once, like, one more time, one, Dominic Mysterio literally, you know, interrupted. Well, I won't say, I won't say cost, more like cost Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate the match um, by pulling out, I think it was either, um, he, he was pulling out Pete, like, he pulled out Tyler Bate. Which I I did remember that, and then um, after that, literally uh, moving f- uh, Finn Balor's foot under the ropes, I was like, "What the fuck, bro?" And after that, they just like a did they did a a double Tyler driver to Finn Balor, and we're like, "Yes!" And about them, we're like, "We're like, God damn it!" And then <laughs> out of nowhere, we just see Damian Priest just literally just coming out of nowhere and saving Finn Balor. And we're like, bro, this this match was long, but it was so entertaining. Like Judgment Day and Pete and uh, Dunn with like, sorry, um, Tyler Pate and Pete Dunn was technically throwing everything they had at each other to try to knock off Judgment Day and to become the new undisputed WWE Tag Team title uh, champions. And literally, they're about to. I remember when uh, Pete Dunn and Tyler Pate was about to. Attempt a uh, tandem maneuver, literally on um, Priest from the middle turnbuckle. Balor said, "Nah, this this is not happening, bro." Literally, he prevented them from like literally taking flight. I don't remember if he was holding his foot, because I remember he was holding uh Damien's foot, and after that, once he uh was it when he was like literally letting go, he literally tagged it himself after they uh did a superplex. Off, I don't know if you remember if it was off the middle rope or the top rope. And then next, you know, um, Damien Priest did hit the uh, double south of heaven before Balor did come up with the Kunigra and literally pinning uh, Pete Dunn in the middle of the ring and still having the Judgment Day return or retain with the gold. Even though, you know, Dominic Mysterio was being a dick. Yeah, I like that this man was literally getting thrown out. He, this man literally got thrown out. He was like, Tyler's like, yo, you did that? Yo, he's like, yo, ref, you see this? And then she's like, what, you did that? He's like, no, 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 what you talking about? I didn't do anything. He's like, yeah, you're out of here, sucker. That shit was hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Remember Dom was like, bro, what the? F-? <laughs> Dom was just like, bro, I'm going to get you. All right. He's like. I'm, I'm, you see that? You see that? I'm, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, Tyler Bate. Just wait. I'm going to get you. <laughs> and it, it's funny. That that shit was hilarious. Either way, that was a match that was definitely cooking. That match was, in my opinion, I, I feel like that was match of the night. That was 100% match of the night. What I say, over Women's Elimination Chamber? Yes. Predictable, but still great match, and it was match of the night by far. No one can tell me different that this did not cook for how it is. For for a lot of people thought that this match was gonna be eh or okay or just decent. Bro, y'all y'all need to slap yourself with some bread or slap yourself upside the head, man. Because y'all Y'all didn't know what y'all was talking about when you first was like, oh, this is gonna be a garbage ass match. Like no one really cares about it. And when they and when both teams delivered, like y'all people probably had to eat your words, man. You probably like, well, nah, they, they delivered. They uh they went crazy, not gonna lie. And and I would definitely say one thing for everybody that also was a mad because they only had four, technically five matches, then um if y'all forget that this is um this is Triple H booking this, he did just only a couple matches, only short like what three like four to six matches max on a pay per view. This ain't Vince McMahon booking now. I'm just letting you know. Stop, stop thinking about that. Not not everything means you know longer matches or you know more matches. It doesn't mean you know better. It's gonna be good all the time. Just letting you know. But either way, congratulations 
to Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day, representing the Judgment Day and retaining their undisputed WWE Tag Team titles against New Cats Republic, a.k.a. Pete Dunne and um, Tyler Bate. And literally the next night uh, on Monday Night Raw, when Gunther was out there in the ring, basically say, hey, I got no one to uh, face me for this title. Literally did the Judgment Day out of everybody. I didn't expect the Judgment Day to come out. And then he's like, Damian Priest is like, all right, I see you. I respect you with that title, but it's secondary to us. And Gunther's like, bro, I am way longer of a champ than both of, than both of y'all combined. Let's be completely honest with ourselves. And then, and then uh, Damian Priest is like, yeah, but that title is coming home with us. Like, we want that go, and that title is coming home with us. And over there, it's like, Dominic's like, bro, I'm, I'm going to take that title from you. And I'm like, all right, Dom, understand your team just came off a big win for Perth, but you, you, you is not beating Gunther at all. He's going to make you into fish food. He's going to eat you for dinner. He's going to eat you breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, and literally spit up the bones, bro. Gunther don't play when it comes to that, when it comes to his intercontinental title, man. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now, if Gunther loses to Dominic Mysterio, I'm gonna be hella shocked. I'm gonna be confused as hell. I'll be like, damn, did this man just lose to to Dominic? We all know that's not gonna happen, but I definitely know that Gunther's gonna definitely show who this man who is boss. And um, it's definitely going to be like, bruh, you tried, but you failed. Can't really sit the, the ring general, at, uh, my ring general ass down. And that's why I've been IC champion for a very long time. So I would definitely say, hey, one, one thing, I understand that Finn and Damien retained their titles at Perth. But even Mommy was like, hey, out of everybody, Gunther, are you serious? And I'm with I'm with I'm with Rhea Ripley on this one. You ain't making it. You ain't making it when it comes to Gunther. You're not. You're gonna you're gonna look stupid. You're gonna be flat like a pancake. And he's gonna karate chop you in the chest till you till you bleed. And you and you literally gonna literally just gonna keep going ham on you on your chest till you have no air no more. Then you look stupid. So I gotta say, hey, tag team champs. Finn and Damien, talk some sense in your boy Dominic because he's about to get his ass whooped. And I know that um, after Dominic did confront uh, Gunther, we had a little bit of a um, stare down between Damien Priest and um, and Gunther. I don't know if Damien Priest is going to have his one-on-one with uh, Gunther or not, but I know it's going to be crazy. But either way, best, like I said, best match of the night. And it, it was hard to decide, but <laughs> woo, they 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 was cooking. Oh God, they was cooking. So the next, uh, I would say not the match, but uh, uh, the next thing that we had on that card was um, Grayson Grayson Waller doing his show at Perth. Another fan favorite from uh, another I would say another Australia own native own. Um, that people love and enjoy. And he had the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and Seth Freak, the World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Freakman Wallens, talking about WrestleMania, talking about finishing the story, talking about taking on the bloodline. And basically the entire time, you know, dancing around the question, and basically just like, hey, The Rock, I know you talked about, uh, I know I talked about your family, but you talk about my family was crossing the line. I'm not here with your bullshit. I'm going to put you in your place. And I'm going to literally show you who's boss. So he said, hey, so The Rock, I challenge you to a match anytime, anywhere, any place. And I was like, is this man doing an open challenge to The Rock? The Rock of all, well, I would say Rock of all people, more like a washed-up Rock than of all people. Like nah, nah, and literally while Grayson Waller was over there just being Grayson Waller because he's be, he be, he becomes a dick sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Austin Theory literally just 
took over to my boy's mic and was like, no, no, no. I'm like, Grayson was like, the, the fuck did you just do? Did you just snatch the mic out of my hand? You could tell Grayson Waller was pissed as hell. He was like, bro, I understand this is my show and you ain't enjoying yourself, but do not, do not smack, like, snatch this mic out of my hand because I will beat your ass. That's what, and that's what you can tell that Grayson Waller is saying in his head. He's like, did you, did you just snatch this away from me? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that's all he basically said by body language. And then you see Austin Theory over here taunting The Rock. Basically saying it doesn't matter what you think. Basically saying, and then you see obviously uh, Seth Rollins being a dick. Not a legit dick, but just being like, really, bro? Are you do really doing this right now? And then also they'd be like, if you smell. And right, Cody goes like, all right, all right, bro, shut, shut the fuck up. Please, dude. <laughs> that, that's all it took. And right now, he, and after, after that, my man Cody Rose put um, literally Cody Cutter on his ass. And then right after that, it was the, the stomp to the face. And Grayson Waller did not give a fuck. You could just tell. He was like, you want to save your boy? And he was looking at both of like, Nah, bro. He tried to like disrespect me on my in my in my own country. Nah, whoop his ass, and that's what they did. And literally, in the main event of Monday Night Raw, right when Grayson Waller was about to, you know, go out there in front of the crowd, um, we definitely see Grayson Waller doing an interview. Austin Theory being signed as hell, and but but what uh, Grayson Waller said, hey, Austin Theory was in my corner. He had my back, and he was like, he looked at this man like, really? I had your back. I mean, that's not what it looked like when you didn't have my back. Like that, I can tell that they're playing the seeds between Theory and Waller because Theory's going to turn on Waller very, very soon. We don't know when or what time that would be, but I definitely know that Grayson Waller counts your days, man, because Theory's about to whoop your ass, and he does not care at all. It's going to be a funny sight to see when that happens. It's, it's, it's going to be a very entertaining match between Waller and um, and Theory. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. But, uh, but yeah, usually uh, that, that's what happened just at Perth was um, Cody Rose just talking about The Rock, basically talking about the bloodline, basically saying, hey, my agenda is wide open so I can face you anytime, anyplace. So, yeah, that's basically what happened. And honestly, for what it was, you could have just left this on Monday Night Raw. Let's just be honest, man. It, like, I understand you wanted to say it in front of a live crowd, but does it really need to be a pay-per-view at that? I mean, you could have a surprise talk, just like how they did with John Cena, but the Grayson Waller show on a pay-per-view? Because this is the second time the Grayson Waller show has been on a pay-per-view. On the main roster, I should say. So, eh, I mean, they they go. You know, I mean, he, it was good for what it was. I would definitely say that. But me personally, I just nah, I just can't really get behind. You know, Grayson Waller. Not yet. He's not not yet. He, he has a lot, a lot more time to develop. But I just can't get you know Grayson Waller off my back like that. He's he's you know, he has a lot more stuff to work on and a lot more things to develop. But either way, he did good. He, he, you know, the Grayson Waller show, the Grayson Waller effect, I should say, was really good for what it was. So, overall, man, I'm, I'm definitely curious to what uh, The Rock has to say because he does return to uh, Friday Night SmackDown this Friday. And I will say one thing before I go on to the next match. How, how the hell is The Rock showing up more than Roman Reigns? Well, let's let's talk about that for a quick second. This man shows up. He's showing up to the next three SmackDowns. The next three SmackDowns. Roman Reigns doesn't even want to go into work most of the time. And they have The Rock, the people's champ. Well, I wouldn't say the people's champ. More like the Hollywood bum-ass version of The Rock, right? This man is showing up to work more than Roman does in an entire year. This man showed up to to Friday Night SmackDown twice already, maybe even three times, right? 
And literally now we see we see The Rock showing up doing basically he's gonna be showing up six times, or I would say five times. Um literally five times more than than Roman Reigns. And it, it's gonna be funny to say, but Roman, you 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 low key cooked. You're 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 low key cooked at this point. So I don't know how The Rock is showing up more than you, than you and your undisputed Universal Champion, man. You you hold that talent for over twelve over twelve hundred days, and he's showing up more than you, man. You go, you two better have a talk. I'm just letting you know. You two better have a talk because it ain't gonna look good. Ain't gonna look good. And literally after on um Monday Night Raw after Grayson Waller. And um, Cody Rhodes did have their match. Paul Heyman did come out. Basically had security behind him. And basically did it for his safety. Cody's like, hey, if you guys take one more step, I'm going to knock out each one of these guys right in front of you. And he's like, all right, I'm going to come in. And he's like, eh, wrong. Took a steel chair to all of them. Hit all of them with the crossroads. And then literally said at the end of his fire promo last night, with Cody Rhodes saying these words, the bloodline is not hunting me. I'm hunting the bloodline. Bro, that dope. Them words, yo. That's going to be the meme of the century. But there's going to be a good meme. I'm not hunting. Like, they are not hunting me. I'm hunting them. Point blank period, man. I'm definitely looking forward to what The Rock has to say if he's going to accept this man's challenge. But uh, we'll definitely have to wait and see because uh, this this is getting heated. This is heating up really fast, but it, and it's becoming really, really good. All right, so the next match we have on the list is the Men's Elimination Chamber match where Drew McIntyre is come out victorious and beats all other five members in that match. And I would say... Even though it is the most predictable match, um, it, it it's basically the best choice for Drew to win because a Seth Rollins is injured right now. He's he's injured, but he's almost medically clear to compete. And b obviously when he's you know going to probably heal because he's probably going to have his ass be even worse than. You know, his injury that happened after he defeated Jinder Mahal to retain his title. Drew is definitely going to carry the uh, the company on Monday Night Raw. And going to have some great matches in front of uh, lots of fans this time around. And I am definitely rooting for Drew McIntyre to beat Seth Rollins. As much as I love Rollins, it's time for Rollins to, to you know pass the title on to someone else that is going to probably have that title for way longer than he, than uh, way longer than, uh, than Seth Rollins ha- is having this shit right now. And even though this is part three or match three between Drew and Seth, I feel like in this one, I mean, they can definitely just do just for the title alone. But at the same time, I feel like for how much times they already faced for the title, they can put a, they can add a stipulation for this one. I'm not, I'm not going to be too mad if they don't, but it would be kind of cool if they did. Um, and I would definitely say when this this match was really good for what it was. I mean, it didn't really have that much spots. Like It wasn't like a spot fest like it, they did for the women's uh, Elimination Chamber match, but it was really good for what it was. I'm not going to lie. Uh, first, we had uh, LA Knight and uh, Drew McIntyre starting out the match. And literally... <laughs> Um, over here we have L.A. Knight just going ham on Drew McIntyre. Um, and Owens is just being crazy, like ballistic crazy. So I remember when Owens, when Owens was getting in his pod and he immediately saw Logan Paul, he immediately started banging his head like a, like a crazy person in a straight jacket, like type of crazy. So <laughs> literally after that, KO came in and just started going everywhere, like cannonballing both L.A. Knight and Drew McIntyre. And literally taunting Orton and Logan Paul at the same time. 
Like, we all know that Kevin Owens hates the hell out of Logan Paul. Hates him, despises him, doesn't want nothing to do with him, right? And right after that, we had the almighty Bobby Lashley coming out at number four, making a line for, like, making a straight line for Drew McIntyre. You know, his old his old WrestleMania 37 opponent all those years ago. Well, yeah, all those years ago, right? And, yes, they had some history. You know, when they first faced each other, it was a face Drew McIntyre versus a heel Bobby. Now it's a face Bobby versus a heel Drew. So times have changed. Um, and obviously, like I said, Bobby was, you know, here to get, you know, a title, you know, another title shot, but I definitely feel like Bobby is not, it's not his time to win another world heavyweight title yet. It's not. As much as I love Bobby and as love as I much, you know, his faction and everything, it's, it's just not the right time for him to become a world champion. Not yet. Not yet. Um, right after that, we had, you know, the Viper, Randy Orton coming in at, um, coming in at number four, right? And literally just, you know, going crazy as usual. Cause it's Randy Orton, right? And especially with Randy Orton doing his back because, you know, his back injury, I don't know if, it, if it's just, you know, him selling the moves or his back is literally just catching his back injuries, literally catching up to him as we speak. But um, they're 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 going crazy. I mean, they're going hella crazy. Um, it it almost did ended because you know his injury. He was holding the back like ah ah like you know, like it looked like he legit was hurt. But who knows? Because he might be selling. He he might not. And um. Right when Logan Paul, because Logan Paul was the last person to enter last, but um, as soon as that was about to open, right, Kale was right, literally right there, and they were doing a little bit tug of war for a door. Kale came at like overpowered him, and he immediately went savage mode on Logan Paul in the pot, in the pod, literally hitting this man back and forth, back and forth, like just throwing his ass into the pod like it was nothing. Like you could tell that this man. Just hated the hell out of Logan Paul. Just didn't want this man to be alive. How badly this man was hitting this man back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like it was nothing. Um, then after that, Bobby Lashley speared Logan Paul and Owens through the pod. That would that was a crazy spot. I'm not gonna lie. Anytime when it's if when it's like an elimination chamber pod spot, it it definitely looks menacing and definitely looks like death defying as well, too. Um, after that, even though he got, you know, was sent, even though he sent himself through the pod to hit Logan and to hit, um, Kevin Owens, try to go back, uh, climb back into the, uh, to the ring. And this man, uh, Drew McIntyre was waiting patiently to give this man two cape, uh, Claymore kicks and Drew, uh, was it, uh, Bobby Lashley was the first one to get eliminated, right? Um, and then literally right when Bobby Lashley was eliminated, AJ Styles came out of nowhere, literally flew over 24 hours to see his op not get a win. Like, legit, this man came out of nowhere with a steel chair and just went ham. Just brutalized LA Knight in the ring. I'm like, damn. I was like, bro, did this man literally just flew over 24 hours just to see his op not win? That's dedication, not going to lie. That's hatred and dedication on another level. Legit, this man did everything. And he was like, you know what? I'm not done with this man. And this man did a styles clash on the steel on, on the steel chair. And right after that, little Jack Drew McIntyre saw the opportunity and eliminated LA Knight. LA Knight was gone. I was like, yo, AJ Styles hates the hell out of LA Knight. I mean, obviously, he hates him because, he, you know, he took, took, quote, unquote, his um, crown duel spot, which, hey, you were injured at the time. He took it. He had to step up. You weren't there. Sorry, not sorry. Just saying. And um, e even though Orton, after that happened, even though Orton did have an injured back, he eliminated uh, Kevin Owens, right? He eliminated Kevin Owens. Right then and there with the RKO. 
And literally, that that shit was crazy. That shit was crazy. Now, the last three was Logan, uh, Randy, and um, Logan, Randy, and Drew McIntyre, right? Logan Paul had the brass knuckles because it was, it was legal. He had them, and then out of nowhere, Randy Orton just hit this man with an RKO, knocking this man out, which was hilarious. Um, and, and right, and after that, uh, was it right after that, you know, Orton was over there holding his back after, uh, I think Drew McIntyre eliminated Logan Paul, right? And both of them was looking just crazy as hell. Drew McIntyre looked like he was about to hit this man with, um, another Claymore setting it up. And then he was just like, are you serious, bro? Get the hell up. Get the hell up so I could Claymore kick you in the face. And right when that happens, he helps him up after that. And then randomly, Randy Orton hits this man with an RKO. And right when he hits Drew with the RKO, uh, Logan Paul comes out of nowhere and knocks out Randy Orton with the, with the brass knuckles. And literally, McIntyre sees it. He's like, hey, shoot, a win's a win. Crawls over and capitalizes and pins Randy Orton. And you see, and you hear Michael Coral saying, not like this. No, not like this. And you have one, two, three. <sighs> Drew McIntyre secures a, and uh, claims a World Heavyweight Championship match against... Seth freaking Rollins at WrestleMania. Crazy, crazy ending to a match. I'm not gonna lie. That was that was a crazy spot for, for a match. I really did like it. Um didn't I didn't really expect him to to win like that, which was insane to me still to this day. But um yeah, so now we have a happy Drew. Because Drew literally came to Monday Night Raw happy as hell. It's like, hey, guys, we did it. I secured, like, you know, a title match, you know, with, with Seth Rollins. And I'm facing him at WrestleMania. Something that CM Punk couldn't do. And this man was literally bashing CM Punk. Literally, and then he literally went to the doctor saying, hey, the doctors, hey, you might not wrestle. He's like, what did it like wrestle? Yeah, I might not wrestle at, at WrestleMania. Who am I, CM Punk? Just going in on this man. I'm like, bro, CM Punk gonna get you this work, bro. He's he, he's gonna get you this work, and it, it ain't it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be pretty. I know that for sure. And after that, we have Seth freaking Rollins coming out, right? Coming out, and basically, you know, Seth Seth and Drew back and forth promos for the past couple months has been lit as hell. They've been cooking a lot, and it shows. And, you know, basically Drew's talking about, hey, do not worry about the bloodline. I got to I gotta basically make sure you're at 100% so I can beat you and take the title. And then Seth Rollins is like, we can do that, but if the bloodline gets involved, there is not the match is not, is, is not going to be good for the both of us. And it's like, bro, you got to help me take out the bloodline and, you know, help us. Basically help each other out so we can have this great match of ours without the bloodline nearly ruining it. But you, but at the same time, I don't think you care because the bloodline helped you when you were facing Cody. And both of them made great points. So who knows what's going to happen? Will Drew actually, you know, help out Seth and Cody? Probably not. But I know that their match is going to be hella dope. And I'm looking forward to it. And, bro. Like I said, 39 days and counting left till WrestleMania. It is going to be a great, crazy-ass match. But congratulations. Congratulations to Drew McIntyre. A death-defying Drew McIntyre. You know, for securing a win and claiming a World Heavyweight title opportunity against Seth freaking Rollins at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 40 this year. Now, the last match of Perth, of Elimination Chamber Perth, is Rhea Bloody Ripley, the mommy herself, 
defending her Women's World Championship against the Annihilator herself, Nia Jax. This match was fire. The match was great for what it for the. I, I know I'm keep on saying it's great for what it is, but it's it's been a minute since we had like a like you know a woman main event since what WrestleMania 35 and 37. Yeah, 35 or 37. That's the last time we had women main event matches in, on the main roster itself. So. <laughs> Just letting y'all know it, it it went crazy. This this match went crazy. But I would I would definitely have to say real quick, um, Nia Jax was dominant 80% in this match. Like Rhea Ripley, I understand, had a standing ovation. You know, she's a heel, but she had a standing ovation by everybody. You know, he, her being from, you know, Australia and you know, everybody repping um Rhea Ripley, but Nia Jax was dominating the entire match. I don't think that's what people's going to talk about. They're going to be like, oh, she's from Perth. Everybody's going to be behind her. Understand that. It's the crowd. We know that. But Nia Jax dominated the entire match. I mean, Rhea Ripley's confidence was huge, but Jack, but Nia Jax's confidence was a lot bigger than hers, right? Like, she literally find herself in a whole loophole and literally couldn't do anything to defeat Nia Jax. Like, literally, she did everything. She tried to put her down with a powerbomb, and then next thing you know, you had Nia Jax counter her with a Samoan, uh, a Samoan drop to the announce table. Then she literally followed up with an elbow through Rhea Ripley that broke the table. And then, literally, like, Nia Jax almost beats her after hitting the Annihilator. But after that, she kicked out. She definitely kicked out. I was like, how, how is she still having this title match? I'm not going to lie. And, like, Rhea Ripley looked like she was legit struggling for her life. Like, gasping for air. Like, couldn't control the situation now couldn't, couldn't couldn't control the match because she she looked like a rag doll compared to Nia. Nia was just taking the hits, taking the leg like, you know, leg drops, did a superplex on the middle rope, everything. Don't get me wrong, the spots look clean. But Rhea Ripley looked like she didn't have nothing left in the tank for herself. She looked like, damn, how the hell am I supposed to knock off Nia Jax? This woman's a like a goddamn monster. Can't do anything with this woman right now. And for how and I know that Nia Jax was waiting to get Rhea Ripley alone, just waiting to get that one-on-one -on -one match. And what what people are not I know a lot of people's not gonna give Nia Jax for props. And you know, understand that you're probably not a fan of Nia Jax, but you gotta admit that Nia Jax, ever since she came back, her second run is two times better than her first run. And you cannot tell me no, it has not, because it is. If you if you're gonna sit there and not admit that Nia Jax is not better than she was her first time around, bro, you're eating like lava rocks. I don't know what's wrong with you. Like Nia Jax has been dominating. She's she's the true dominant woman in the women's division, both Raw and SmackDown. If you think about it, like. She literally took out the entire competitors, the entire opponents for the Elimination Chamber herself. She took out Becky. She took out Liv. She legit took out Naomi. She took out Tiffany. She took, she took, she took out everybody by herself. She took out Zoe. She took out Raquel. She took out, you know, um... Shayna Baszler. She took out what Candice LeRae. She um she took out Indy Hartwell. She took out um what's another woman on there? Piper Niven, Chelsea Green. She takes she took out the entire women's roster like it was no tomorrow. Well, I say that this woman definitely deserves a you know women's title match. You know at one point, yes, she will. 
I mean, yes, she her time was at Perth, but you know, it was short, you know, the momentum was short lived, even though she was booed like hell. But it was short lived because she almost had the chance to win, but she didn't. You know, she lost after, you know, randomly getting hit. After uh, Rhea Ripley randomly hitting her with not like I said with a stunning superplex, and literally um, hit her with the rip type. And by the way, um, Nia Jax is a big woman, right? So you already know that she was struggling with just hitting the rip tide on Nia alone, and she still walked walked out of Perth at you know as you know, still the women's world champion. Understand, like, I was behind Mobby the entire time, but I definitely got to give props to, to Nia Jax by far. She was the bigger and better woman in this match. You cannot tell me she's not because she was. Oh, God. And now, and now that we have, you know, now that Elimination Chamber's over and, you know, everybody was still screaming Mobby on Monday Night Raw, basically she was saying as soon as she came out, like I said, as soon as she came out with um with Dom or Dom introducing her out, right? Basically all she said was, Hey, I'ma beat your ass at at you know at WrestleMania. Just how I stated when Becky Lynch won the Elimination Chamber. Same thing when I said she's basically saying, Hey, who is a bigger who's the bigger woman between us? That's all the match is. That's all it is. And and I'm going to say this, Becky does not need to win this match. I'm going to say it again. Becky does not need to win this match. Rhea Ripley can just, you know, retain her title and go on having a very long reign. That's She doesn't need to, you know, she doesn't need to prove anything to Becky Lynch. Like, Becky Lynch has done it all. Rhea Ripley has literally won every single title there is in WWE. She's literally... One, she's literally won the, you know, the the SmackDown Women's Championship, aka the Women's World Title. She's literally won the Raw Women's Championship. She's literally won the Tag Team Titles. She's literally won the NXT Women's Championship and the NXT UK Championship. The only thing she has never won, besides that, is like what she's she's won the Raw Rumble, and she's probably never won. Um, she's probably never won the Elimination Chamber, and she's probably never won. Um, money in the bank. But besides that, she's literally won everything else. She like Rhea Ripley technically has nothing to prove to Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch has nothing to prove to Rhea. This is just a match to see who's the biggest and baddest woman in the all of the Roman uh, women's roster on Raw. That's all it is. And I um, definitely say this right now. I hope Rhea Ripley retains at WrestleMania. I really do. I feel like that's the in my mind. I, I want that to be, like, the only title to not be changed. But I know some way, somehow, Triple H is going to find a way to, to you know, give Becky that title. And Becky's going to have a pointless run. I'm telling that the truth. Like, she's going to have a pointless run. No one's really going to care like that unless she's, like, a diehard Becky fan. And I'm not, I'm like, I like Becky, but I'm not diehard like all these other people on here. I'm not doing too much. Hell no. Either way... Uh, congratulations to Rhea Ripley for retaining her title um, in Perth, in her home country, um, and walking out as still the women's world champion. Um, and when it comes to the man, Becky Lynch, facing Rhea Ripley for her title, I hope Rhea Ripley beats your ass and makes you a mark in her, in her, in her chapter and basically saying, hey, not even the man could whoop my ass. I whooped her ass. I sat her down. So who's next in line? So she's going to technically beat everybody till ever, there's nobody left. The only person that's probably left, and I'm going to say this right, the only person that's left for her to face, and that is reasonable to face, is Liv Morgan. I'm saying that now. And I'm like, and I'm not being like a die, die hard Liv Morgan fan. I just see the story where it needs to shine. That's all it is. The story's there. So work up to it. Build up to that story. It I never said need the main event, but it'll be nice if it happened. Just telling the truth. I'm just giving you what I feel like should happen. That's all it is. But either way, guys, uh, summer. Uh, not what I say, summer. 
either way, guys, um, Elimination Chamber was fire. I liked it. All the matches, yes, were predictable as hell, but but the match is cooked. For what it is, it cooked. And I don't want to do a rate system because I hate rating doing rating systems for pay-per-views. But I give def I definitely give this pay-per-view like an eight out of ten for Perth. Um like I said, they're predictable matches, but they all cook in their own way. Um and hey, the like the chamber matches was long, and yes, we were trying to keep up at like what five to eight in the morning when we're probably either A going to sleep or B just trying to wake up with Red Bulls and energy drinks or whatnot. But either way, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I hope I don't struggle again just, you know, trying to watch a pay-per-view. But like I said, it's WWE, so who knows what's going to happen in the next coming future with another pay-per-view being overseas. Shoot, next you know they have the, what, the, next you know they have a, a pay-per-view in Asia. Or, you know, somewhere in China or Japan, which honestly would be dope as hell if that was a pay-per-view was in Japan for uh, WWE. Just saying. But um, anything is possible in the WWE for that to happen. But, yeah. thank. Uh, but overall, that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for uh, tuning in and chilling with me. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate the love. I appreciate doing this for y'all. Um, I always love what I post. always love the content that I do for, um, for my fans out there, for people that love my podcast, for people that just discovering me. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for tuning in and be part of the squad. Um, please, please follow me on Organized Mess on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or whatever you listen to, uh, when it comes to podcasts in general. Um, if you want to follow me, my uh, my uh, Instagram page or whatever, my socials, um, it's all Antoine TV 2 And if you want to follow the podcast, Organized Mess, or ODM Official across all social medias as well, too. Um, but, yeah, overall, hey, hope everybody has a great day or a great night, wherever you're listening to this, too, or wherever time you're listening to this, too. Um, I hope everybody stays safe out there. I hope everybody you know, enjoys, you know, their time with their families and, you know, just relax and, you know, chill, baby. That's all it is. So this is your boy, Antoine TV2. Stay safe out there, guys. Peace.